those that make an impression are celebrated and enshrined by their game. And then there are those that make an impression are celebrated but not enshrined. As time fades, their memory and glory slip into the ether. Welcome to The Forgotten Ones. Mr. McCovey Cove, The Barry Bonds Story. Barry Bonds, born July 24th, 1964, to Patricia and Bobby Bonds of California. Barry's dad, Bobby, was an accomplished baseball player, playing a better part of 13 seasons in the majors. Bobby bounced around the league a lot, even sparking lyrics to a 1981 song, Bobby Can Play for Everyone. When Bobby retired, he ranked 12th all-time in stolen bases. Bobby was one of three brothers, his younger brother toiling in the minors for several years, unable to make the jump to the show. Barry literally grew up in this game and got used to the grueling schedule of baseball from an early age. He was built for this game. In 1986, Barry broke in with the Pirates. The Pirates were a last-place team, finishing 43 games back of the Cardinals in the 85 campaign. Barry had a productive first year with 16 home runs and 48 RBI and 36 stolen bases. The Bond stolen base gene was apparent in Bobby's son. However, the 86 team finished 44 games back of the Mets. In 87, with the addition of Bobby Bonilla, the Pirates started to dig themselves out of the cavern and only finished 15 games back in an LL East that was very competitive that year. Barry's home run and RBI numbers increased and his stolen bases were steady. In 88, the team finished in second in the NL East, 15 games behind the powerhouse Mets. Bobby Bonilla was putting on a show, racking up 100 RBI to go along with 24 home runs. In 88, Barry's strikeout numbers were coming down and his walks were going up. For a 23-year-old with aspirations of being the best, he was certainly on the right track. In 1990, the Pirates won the pennant. This was large in part due to the breakout season of the now 25-year-old Bonds. He blasted 33 home runs with 114 RBI and 52 stolen bases. Bobby Bonillo was moved to left field to make room for Jeff King at third that year, and Bobby and Barry formed one of the most formidable outfields in the majors. But that run came to an end in 1993 when Barry landed a lucrative free agent contract with the San Francisco Giants. Barry was now wearing the same jersey as his godfather, Willie Mays. Barry's going to even switch his number to that of Mays. However, with public outcry and media scrutiny, it stopped the Giants from unretiring Mays' number. And Mays did give consent to have Barry wear it. Instead, Barry chose to honor his father, donning the now infamous 25. In Barry's first four years with the Giants, he hit 197 home runs. And on August 23, 1998, he smashed the 400th of his career. But there was more. He also became a part of the exclusive 400-400 club, of which there is only one member at this time. 1999 was an injury-riddled year, saw his numbers decline, but accolades were rolling in as he was named the best player of the 90s in a sporting news list that had him ranked 34th in the 100 greatest baseball players. The list was then redone in 2005 and had Barry 6th behind Ty Cobb. 2001 was a year to remember. Barry was on a mission. By the All-Star break, he was sitting at 39 home runs, including his 500th career milestone. He also had 188 walks and a 515 OBP. An OBP that high was not seen since the time of Mantle and Williams. He ended that year with 73 home runs. And this is just a few years after the epic home run chase with Sosa and Maguire. 
but now that record was broken. For the next five years, the numbers would continue. The walks, the lack of strikeouts, the slugging, the home runs. Barry was in an, in an unconscious state at the plate, becoming the most feared hitter in the game. But all of that was leading up to one thing. And on a sunny day in Oakland on May 20th, 2006, it happened. Barry hammered a home run that tied him with none other than Babe Ruth, 714. Eight days later, 715. He was now alone in second place all time, only behind one man. The myth, the legend, hammering Hank Aaron. He was now 18 home runs shy of the 733 mark for the league record, which was previously to this day's an almost unattainable record. On September 22, 2006, Barry did just that. He tied Hank in Milwaukee, which is fitting. He then followed up the next day with a solo shot that just leaked out over the right field fence. This marked Barry's final home run of the season. Now, Barry was in distance to catch the career mark of 756, again held by Hank. Barry needed only to amass another 23 home runs to do so. But you could tell that Barry was tired. Small, aggravating injuries, and not really seeing the pitches that he wanted to. By this time in his career, it was almost safer to not pitch to Barry than to actually pitch to him. The time was coming where the bell would toll on his career. But could he get there? Could he get to that 756 mark? All he needed was another streak, 10 to 15 games where he was seeing the ball really well. It was doable. In 2007, there were some contract issues. After a lot of back and forth and intervening by the commissioner's office, Barry was forced to settle on a one-year deal. The start of the 2007 campaign was a rough one for Barry. He went a good distance between home runs. April 4th, he hit number 735. There was some silence in the bat for a bit, but then again on April 13th, he hit two, followed up by a string of games that left him at 740, including a blast in McCovey Cove on April 18th. May and June, he added a few more. July 19th, he went 3-for-3 against the Cubs, including two big bombs. But then, the culmination of a career. The traveling on buses, the traveling on airplanes, away from your family for 20 years. 20 years of pain and anguish of a a grueling 162-game schedule. It happened. August 7th, 2007, at 8.51 in the bottom of the fifth. Two outs. No one on base. Mike Bashik threw a 3-2, 86-mile-an-hour fastball up in the zone that Barry put a charge into. The air was thick. The ball was headed to the biggest part of the ballpark. Could it go? Barry's ups. Barry's arms were up as soon as he hit the ball. He knew it. Unfortunately, in 20 years for Mike Bashik, he will be a clue on Jeopardy known as the pitcher. What this did was bring Barry's career full circle. He had accomplished what could be accomplished for 33 years. He attained the unattainable. But with greatness comes those that wanted to throne you and muddy your name. But Barry had made some mistakes that definitely upset some people. First in 2003, he withdrew from the MLBPA's licensing deal, feeling that he could get better marketing deals on his own. He was also the first person in the 30-year-old program's history to not sign that agreement. This left an association of players and players past feeling that Barry was thinking he was better than them. Then if things didn't get worse for him, the Balco scandal jumped up. Things did not look good as Balco was headed by Greg Anderson, who also happened to be Barry's personal trainer. Barry was in the middle of an epic home run chase and the thought of steroids being brought up 
is something that started to tarnish his image. A lot of reporters will tell you that he wasn't the most pleasant person to deal with in the scrums after the games. Barry was indicted on 2007 on four counts of perjury and obstruction of justice. The prosecutors filed paperwork insinuating that Bonds had tested positive for steroids a month before he broke McGuire's home run record, who was another man being punished for the use of anabolic steroids. 2005, Balco was done, and deals were struck where Anderson did not need to name the players involved. See, at this time, there was no rule for steroid use. In fact, it came in later. In 2007, sorry, 2011, Barry was convicted of obstruction of justice due to evasive answers he gave during the Balco trial. However, Barry fought this and appealed, and later the conviction was overturned 10 to 1. But the damage was done. There were no records that were kept stating that Barry had been taking some undetectable drugs. There were also reports of him flying into roid rages. The list is long of those that came clean and admitted to using steroids. Some of them even saying that Barry himself gave it to them. Here are some hard facts. 1. Steroids only showed up on the MLB banned substance list in 1991. 2. The MLB did not start testing players until 2003. So everyone points fingers at these guys for using them and says that the integrity is poor and that they disrespected the game. But let's take a look at some of the greatest that ever played. Babe Ruth. Babe was a known user of cocaine and methamphetamine, horse tranquilizers, and drank like a fish. Ty Cobb. Ty was an abuser of cocaine. Let's also not forget about his admittance to killing a man on the street in Detroit so he could see what it felt like to kill a man. Mickey Mantle. Mickey used to inject a cocktail into himself that included anabolic steroids. Tris Speaker, Cap Anson, well, their issues are apparent. So if we can conduct a little exercise, from 1986, his rookie year, to 1991 when they began testing for steroids, Barry had amassed 142 home runs, 212 steals. To average that out, it's 20 home runs a year for a 20-year career that's still 506 home runs. Barry's been doing a lot of work to clean up his image, and he's been providing a lot of guidance to the young and up-and-coming ballplayers. And I think it's been helping the game a lot. Regardless of the accusations and the question of his character, which, to be honest, if he never took them and reporters bombarded him with the questions about steroids, I would be a little short and disrespectful with them as well. But those are the guys that cast the Hall of Fame vote, so there is no coincidence as to why he is now in his final year of eligibility. Simply put, the man holds the record for most career home runs, the home run season record, and the only member of the 400-400 club, and the only member of the 500-500 club remains on the outside looking in at Cooperstown. As time goes on, and people forget about that day in 2007, there is a huge risk that Barry Bonds, his image, his talent, will fade, and he will become a forgotten one. Thank you for joining us from Apple, Spotify, or the podcast platform of your choice. We look forward to meeting you again next week where we discuss another forgotten one. Thanks very much. Stay safe, support local, and see you real soon.